Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online knows you might not be able to get out to a game this year, but you can still get in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head on over to Bet Online today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. <laughs> What's up, guys? Oh, boy. Yeah, that. Uh, so that happened, and it, <laughs> it happened again. It happened against the Lions. Uh, it happened in the fourth quarter, and it's happened for the sixth time in a row. And, um, yeah, I don't, I don't really even know what to say at this point. It just, um, you know, how do you go from being a team that continually finds ways to win inexplicably in the first portion of the season to being that team that can't help but lose no matter what it does in the second portion. I mean, it just, we got, we, we, we exit the third quarter of the season, a perfect 0 and four in the third quarter and on a six game uh, losing streak. Um, We were five and one at the start of all this. Now we're five and seven and I'm pretty sure we're in last place now, actually, because, um, I think that the Lions, despite it all, might have a better division record than we do, or the head-to-head gives them the nod uh, over us. But because the the Vikings won yesterday, so they're six and six. Obviously, the Packers are nine and three, so they're well ahead uh, in the division. But uh, with that loss, the Bears and Lions are both five and seven, and um, I don't know. I, I think the Bears are are in fourth place now. Um, behind the Lions so yeah so six weeks ago when this started we were in first place Uh, for that week at least we were the number one seed in the NFC Uh, fast forward uh, six games and you know seven weeks and six games later uh, we're in last place in our division and uh, uh, you know on the outside looking in uh, to the playoff race so uh, it's it's amazing how quickly fortunes can change so um Let's go ahead and and, and get this uh, over with. Uh, I'm pretty sure that I'm going to need the explicit tag on this episode. You know that already once you, you know, with you downloading this. But um, yeah, it's the Bear Up, Bear Down episode uh, for week number 13 of the Bear Stock Underground. God help us all. So let's get to it. You know, as bad as things have been over the last six, seven weeks, uh, as poorly as this team uh, has played, I, I don't think that any of us imagined we'd be in the spot that we're in now uh, with uh, with the Lions at home, having just fired Matt Patricia, 
uh, you know, playing so badly that they had to fire him uh, midseason with five games left to go. And uh, even though they weren't necessarily completely out of the playoff race uh, at this point, uh, they it was just like they could no longer hang on to him. But um, we're hanging on to Matt Nagy, who's just lost his sixth game uh, in a row, uh, his third straight division game. Uh, mind you, which has been the beauty of this six-game losing streak is that we lost the first three uh, to, you know, playoff teams with the uh, the Titans, uh, the, 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 the Saints, the Titans, and the, and the Rams. Uh, not in that order. It was Rams, Saints, Titans, actually. Follow that up by home losses to Detroit and Minnesota. Uh, the Minnesota game being that disastrous Monday nighter before the um bye week then another national tv embarrassment against green bay where uh you know uh returning mitch trubisky turns the ball over three times uh our defense forgets how to play defense and you know we get squashed 41 25 don't let that fool you the game wasn't nearly that close and then we back back that up uh finally as i mentioned before with another home division loss to the detroit lions who are, you know, nine days removed, eight days removed from firing their head coach, uh, their interim uh, head coach, their offensive coordinator, uh, coming in to salvage what's left of the season. And they salvaged it beautifully by scoring 34 points on one of the quote-unquote best defenses in football on their home turf and uh, come away uh, with a uh, last-minute victory, a come-from-behind victory. And um, for all our defense's faults, that's something that we haven't watched them do before, really. You know, we haven't watched them give up a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter. Not that I can think of, anyway. You know, off the top of my head, I can't think of, you know, it, it's or at least that's been the story of the last two years, has been, you know, the defense is on the field, the defense is exhausted because it's constantly trying to get the ball back so our offense can, you know, our incompetent offense can get a chance to score more points. Instead, today it was just the opposite, where the offense didn't really have much of an issue scoring points. We scored 30 today, and those were all offensive points as well. So we didn't get any help from special teams. Defense didn't score any touchdowns or anything like that. The offense scored 30 points all on its own, and the defense gave up 34 what the fuck, guys? I mean, come on, man. Really? The offense finally gives you a football game where you have a lead to protect for the whole game, by the way. We were in the lead the whole day until Adrian Peterson scored that touchdown with, you know, what, a buck 40 left to go uh, in the game. The Bears had the lead the whole game up to that point, and... Um, it still wasn't enough. We finally give the defense a lead to protect, and they do everything they can to squander it. You know, Buster Screen is a complete liability uh, as our nickel corner. We can't trust him uh, anymore. Guys just constantly wide open. Uh, third down is, you know, apparently a freebie down 
for our opponents because they just, you know, third and four, third and ten, third and sixteen doesn't matter. We will find a guy wide open, you know, not not make a great contested catch where somebody had great coverage on him and the guy makes a great play. No, we're going to serve one up so that this guy is standing naked in the middle of the field and no one touches him until after he has made this super easy catch in the middle of our zone over and over and over again. The It was just it's remarkable to watch. And, um, you know, it was uh, staggering to sit there and just watch the Lions pick us apart. The Bears hadn't given up a 300-yard passer all season. Matt Stafford threw for just over 400 uh, on Sunday. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? more confident, capable surgeons, and even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Uh, three touchdowns and, uh, you know, it just, it, it's, we just watched the, the defense do something it hasn't done, you know, in back-to-back games. We gave up 40 points last week, you know, and granted that wasn't all on the defense because the offense uh, fumbled and you know gave up a touchdown uh, on that one. But for back-to-back games, the defense has given up 34 points. You know, Rodgers and company scored 34 plus the seven on the fumble return last week. This week, Stafford and company a legit five touchdowns. Uh, you know, and and thanks to the a missed extra point, it only rattles out to 34 points instead of 35. So, um, yeah. Just I, 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 I'm I'm at a loss for words. You know, I don't understand other than the fact that apparently Daryl Bevel uh, was able to see what Matt LaFleur saw last week to just give himself the total autonomy to do whatever the fuck he wanted against our defense because he went up and down the field on this defense all day long. Very rare to see stops uh, in this one or for the Bears to to slow down uh, Stafford. I mean, he. He got off to a really hot start, and then he 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 cooled down for a bit, and then came surging back uh, in the second half. We lost the second half twenty-one to seven. You know, we lost the second half twenty-one to seven. We were ahead twenty-three to thirteen at halftime, and we lost the game thirty-four to to thirty. So we scored seven. They scored twenty-one, including fourteen in the fourth quarter. And there you have it. That's how you, that's how that's how we lost that. Uh, uh, football game we we got weaker as the game went along apparently uh, or or and, and i know this is going to sound crazy the lions made second half adjustments and uh they were really good adjustments 
because they doubled their point total and then some uh, in the second half. So, yeah, they, they weren't having much of an issue scoring in the first half, but uh, they really didn't have an issue uh, in the second. You know, it was uh, quite remarkable uh, to watch. And then our offense, per usual, uh, couldn't figure out how to do anything uh, in the third quarter and uh, added that touchdown in the fourth quarter, which I thought was uh, was good enough to be the dagger. Like, there's no way. We got a 10-point lead at the start of the fourth quarter. Uh, we're good. And then I sat and watched us uh, give it all away. So, anyway, I've got plenty more of that in the for the deep dive tomorrow. But uh, l let's get into the uh, bear-ups and bear-downs uh, for this week. And this is why we're all here. So, um I'm going to do the bear downs uh, just so we can end on somewhat of a positive uh, note because uh, overall, bear fandom aside, this was a fun game. It really was. Watching these teams go back and forth. You guys have heard me and Jeremy Reisman talk continuously over the last several years about how this is my favorite divisional matchup between the Bears and the Lions because they, they always tend to be games like this that go – back and forth they're the ones that always have the more exciting finishes uh and things like that and yesterday's game or uh today's game i should say it was no exception so um bear down charles leno god help me if you're still on this team next year i mean honestly uh you know that, that charles leno is actually one of the main reasons why i hope ryan pace does get fired because it's Ryan Pace that has tried to sell us Bear fans on the idea that Charles Leno was like a prototype left tackle, that Leno was a steal as a seventh-round pick, and blah, blah, blah. And granted, we got a lot more miles out of a seventh-round pick than you usually would, but Charles Leno has always baffled me as to why it is he's had the job as long as he's had it. You know, we, keep, we gave him a contract extension, the whole nine yards, but God help me if he is still on this team next year. Okay, Aside from the solid year he had in 2018, he has been nothing but a baffling disappointment, and his level of incompetence continues to blow my mind. Okay, That sack that Everson Griffin had on him, and I know you guys love it when I say this, as a former offensive lineman, made me throw my remote at the television. You know, it just... Griffin made it look so easy because Leno is so incompetent, okay? When you are a left tackle, when you are the edge blocker, and, number one, your quarterback's blindside protector, you don't turn your body to the line of scrimmage. You stay with your shoulders parallel to the line of scrimmage. You keep your shoulders pointed forward in case... Everson Griffin does exactly what he did, which was spin to the inside. Therefore, you aren't off balance when you're trying to move back to the inside to follow him. Charles Leno turned his entire body to where he was perpendicular to the line of scrimmage, which made Everson Griffin, which made it easy for Everson Griffin to spin to the inside, make the sack on Mitch, and he made it look so goddamn easy. It made me insane when I saw Leno do that. I just, he turned his whole body. He turned his whole body. You, you're not supposed to do that. You're in the NFL. You don't do that. You can't do that. You know, I just, he's, the, he's one of the worst left tackles in football, if not the worst. And like I said, God help me if he's still on this roster or at the very least 
God help me if he's still starting for us next year. I I just I I can't I can't take another season of watching him fuck this up week in and week out to make these fundamental mistakes over and over again the way that he does. Okay, not to mention he uh, had a holding penalty on third and one. The, I think it was it was either second and one and third and one. David Montgomery runs for an easy first down because we actually ran the ball really well uh, today. Um, but because Charles Leno uh, held on the play, now all of a sudden it's second and 11, third and 11, or, or you know, whatever it was. It, you know, it's just he does this over and over again. He's, he's a holding machine, and he just sucks overall. And... Uh, good god i mean i just it just made me crazy to watch that uh bear down jermaine ifidi just you know he's a monumentally better right tackle than what we've had since bobby massey went out uh you're making me miss bobby massey that's how bad uh our right tackles have been uh put jason spriggs back there something man i don't know um just seeing another again with the fundamentals and, and lowering his head, putting his head down, you know, and things. I don't know what what you know how you got this far doing what you do. I don't I don't get it. And Afidi was a first round pick as well, so oh, I mean, and truth be told, it was Afidi's man who made the play on Mitch in the fourth quarter for the strip sack. I don't really blame Afidi for that one. Honestly, I don't. I think the guy just made an outstanding play. You know, uh, granted, the pocket was closing in. I, I if I put blame on if I put blame on anybody, I put a blame on Mitch for not stepping up in the pocket. He had room to step up, which is what he should have done. But instead, uh, you know, he stayed where he was. And the guy, um, the guy, like I said, I think the guy just made an outstanding defensive play for him to reach in there it reminded me very much uh ironically of a play that Khalil Mack made against Efidi when it when he was with the Seahawks in 2018 if you guys remember that Monday night game against the Seahawks it was our first win uh under Nagy Khalil Mack was absolutely unstoppable uh in that game and in one play in particular Efidi's got the block Efidi has made the block he's got him away from Russell Wilson but at the last second as Russell Wilson is pulling his arm back to throw the ball, Khalil Mack reaches and knocks the ball out of his hands. That's exactly the play that this kid from Detroit made, and it was an effort play. It wasn't that Afidi hadn't done his job. He had the block. The guy just was able to get in there and reach in uh, and make a play. And this is me basically apologizing for Afidi and Mitch, two of my least favorite players on the team right now. And so, I mean, that's how how highly I regard the play that this guy made uh, for Detroit. But otherwise, I you know, it was I our tackles were terrible uh, in this game, and uh, you know, it was a just I just uh, and Afidi's been better for us at right tackle than than what we've been dealing with since um, since Massey went down. Um, but uh, he was terrible yesterday. Bear down two. Rashad Coward. Larry, how can you give a bear down to someone who didn't play yesterday? Well, guys, if you go back and you look, uh, Rashad Coward cost us the game in the first quarter because it was Rashad Coward who got blown up so bad on the extra point that, uh, you know, Cairo Santos had his first extra point of the year blocked yesterday. Today. Why do I keep saying yesterday? Today. I think it's because I had a nap after the game. That's why I kind of keep saying that. But anyway, 
Um, yeah, I had to go and lay down after the game. That's how. Uh, anyway, but uh, it, on the extra point try, Rashad Coward got blown up so bad that the the guys were able to get in there and make the play and block the extra point. And if you think about it, it ended up costing us the game because if we make that extra point, which Santos had made every single one up to that point this year, then at the end of the football game, it's 34-31. to 31, And instead of having to go for it on fourth and one, we get to kick the field goal, which, you know, is basically automatic, especially with the way Cairo Santos has been kicking this year. We can take we can elect to take the easy points and send this thing to overtime as opposed to trying to go for it on fourth down and failing once again. You know, and don't even, I'll, I'll get to the, I'll get to that play in a second, but you know. And if you notice, if you go back and watch, Rashad Cowery wasn't on the field again after that. Uh I believe they put Alex Bars in at his at his he wasn't out there anymore after that play after that happened Rashad Coward wasn't on the field ever again and I hope that's something that we stick to for the remaining four games of this god-awful season uh because I think we've all seen enough of Rashad Coward I you know actually I would not be surprised today if we found him on waivers or if he was getting cut because they've had enough and we've got Eric Cush on the practice squad who would not allow something like that to happen so um yeah Rashad Coward, in his own special way, cost us the football game yesterday when uh, he gave such a such a low, piss-poor effort that the Lions were able to block an extra point that did end up impacting the game. Because then in the fourth quarter, we're, we're, we're working to get into field goal range to tie it and not having to score a touchdown in order to win. So that extra point getting blocked in the first quarter cost us the football game. Congratulations, Rashad Coward. You were on the field for exactly one play, and you still managed to fuck us and lose the game. Outstanding job. Bear down to Allen Robinson. Now, because Mitch is back under center, and Mitch is our quarterback, Allen Robinson's been getting a lot more attention in the passing game. He kind of disappeared there uh, for a while uh, in the first portion uh, of the losing streak here. But in the last two weeks against Green Bay and Detroit, he's been more heavily featured in the passing game because that's Mitch's guy. And by no surprise, that's not a surprise at all. Uh, Mitch Mitch and Robinson do have a good rapport and a good chemistry, so that's not shocking at all that, uh, you know, the targets for for Robinson would would be on the uptick with Mitch back out there. But um, for the second time this year, he uh, made a catch on third and five. First of all, he cut off his route to three yards, and, I, and you know whether that's by design or, or whatever, that's immaterial at this point, but he didn't run past the sticks. His defender falls down, so basically all he has to do is turn around and dive for the first down. You know, If that's all he wanted to do, that's all he needed to do. Uh, instead... Uh, he turns around and sees his defender falling and decides to dance around to the point where he steps out of bounds a yard short of the line to gain. I just, it, it goes back to, 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 to what I said um, 
in the uh, I believe it was the preview episode where um, the 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 odds of of the Bears re-signing Allen Robinson at this point probably aren't great to begin with, but I I don't know that I that I want them to uh, this after the season that Robinson has had. Now, granted, his his production isn't down. He's obviously well ahead in in the lead for for catches and and, and yards and and hell he's actually ranking well uh, amongst the league leaders uh, in that area. But this is a guy that uh, would be re-signed if he would take what the Bears were offering, uh, but instead he wants top flight elite wide receiver money, and he hasn't made a top flight elite wide receiver play all year long. This is a guy that gave up four interceptions uh, on 50-50 balls, uh, two of which were ripped right out of his hands. Uh, Well, actually, three. Three times that happened. The fourth, he actually managed to kick up into the air himself uh, in the Tampa Bay game. And uh, for the last, uh, then for this, like I said, for the second time this year, on a third and five situation, ran out of bounds, whether on purpose or on accident, before reaching the line to gain, when in both opportunities, he could have gotten the first down. He It was there. He could have gotten the first down, but was his field awareness was so poor that he didn't do it. Uh, and, and <laughs> yeah. And ultimately, it was a play that cost us the game. And I, and I said so, and you'll hear it at the knee-jerk reactions tomorrow. Uh, it just, I, I, it was, it's staggering. To me, that this this is the way that this keeps happening uh, for us just blows my goddamn mind. And you know, supposedly he's our best player on offense. He's the best that we have to offer on the offensive side of the field, and that's not a slight or anything. That's legit. But instead, he keeps finding new and inventive ways to uh, to make mistakes uh, this year. You know, in the first half of the year, it was the uh, 50-50 balls that he keeps losing, uh, the catches that he didn't make against uh, the catch that he didn't make against Green Bay, stepping out of bounds early against Tennessee, which set up that embarrassing fourth and one attempt, and he did it again yesterday in the most important crunch time drive we've had this year. We're on a five-game losing streak. We just blew the lead 90 seconds ago by giving up that uh, that strip sack and then the defense giving up another touchdown uh, to Adrian Peterson. And, uh, you know, we, we managed to move the football down the field. Uh, we're in field goal range, Rashad Coward, uh, but uh, can't go for the field goal because that won't, that won't get us to overtime. We have to go for the touchdown because you can't block worth a shit and got blown up on a f- – and here's the thing about extra points. It doesn't require that much effort, to be honest, to not screw that up as an offensive lineman on the field goal team, okay? First of all, you, you're literally foot-to-foot with your fellow offensive lineman. You are literally touching feet. Like there are no splits on on a on an extra point. You're, you're foot-to-foot – with your fellow offensive lineman. And then when the ball is snapped, you actually take a step to the inside so you're crossing legs as to give no room for your defenders to uh, you know, get past you and block the extra point. And despite all of that, 
you put in such a piss poor effort that they got between you, through you, and blocked the extra point. That is why. That's why the, the like stuff like that and Charles Leno turning his entire body perpendicular to the line of scrimmage makes me absolutely batshit nuts when I see that stuff. I just I can't handle it. I absolutely can't handle it when I see those guys do that. I just ooh. Yeah. What the fuck is Juan Castillo doing that he's allowing this? You know, honestly, why wasn't Jason Spriggs in at left tackle after Leno pulled that shit with the with the, with the turning his body? I just just ooh, man. I well anyway, but you know, Robinson is probably not going to be with the Bears next year. Uh, I'd be um, surprised to see him get the money that he's demanding from the Bears from anyone else after the year that he's uh, uh, given. You know, he might actually end up staying with Chicago because we're the only ones that would be crazy enough to pay him uh, at this point. He won't get what he was demanding, not after the year that he's had. You know, if, if they do, they would only be looking at his stats uh, versus the offense that he played on. Uh, as opposed to can this guy make the play that we need him to play, need him to make when we need him to make it. And this year he has not been that guy. He has not. You know, we're, we're missing God knows how many touchdowns or how many interceptions and things like that have happened because Allen Robinson has let us down in those situations. You know, and this is me talking about one of my favorite players on this team right now. He, and he has been absolute dog shit uh, in, in those key moments this year while demanding top wide receiver money on top of it. So, and I can't forgive him for that. I just can't. So, uh, yeah, bear down, Allen Robinson. You really earned this one. And then to wrap up the category, uh, bear down to Chuck Pagano. I don't know what's been going on with you the last couple of weeks, man, but, uh, you know, not making adjustments and the defense getting carved to pieces the last couple of weeks. Uh, I mean, you can almost, uh, excuse it against Aaron Rodgers because he literally does that to everyone else but uh Matt Stafford as good a quarterback as Matt Stafford is we've always kind of had Matt Stafford's number and uh yesterday he had yours uh him and and Daryl Bevel just absolutely carved the defense to pieces and uh you know we got smoked yesterday there's no other no other way about it and granted uh, the offense puts you in a bad spot with that strip sack, um, you know, down in your own territory inside the 10-yard line. But, uh, you know, it doesn't mean you have to give up the touchdown. And um, that's what happened. So just we were we were up by a field goal at that point. So force the field goal and, and force the tie or whatever. And we're playing for a field goal to win the game at that point, and we probably would have won the game because we got in field goal range despite Allen Robinson's fuck-up uh, yesterday. And, uh, you know, but uh, no, we, we give up the touchdown to old man uh, Peterson, his second uh, of the day. And, uh, yeah, we end up losing the football game. And like I mentioned before, the second week in a row, the defense gives up 34 points. And, uh, you know, as, as much as we're struggling on offense, A, we finally gave you a lead to play with this week, and you did everything you could to squander it. You gave up big plays that took the top off the defense, 49-yard touchdown just before halftime and other 
you know, various third down plays were like third and double digits and they're easily, easily getting the first down. I don't know what the fuck is going on with this defense right now. You know, maybe it's, uh, you know, uh, wear and tear because they've been out there so much because our offense has been an incompetent sack of shit for most of the season uh, or whatever the case was. You know, we've gone from being like eighth in the league, ninth in the league. I saw a graphic yesterday that said that we were 13th now uh, in the league, probably after taking an an ass drubbing from the Packers last week. But, uh, you know, we're we're the windows closing on the defense's greatness and we're literally watching it happen on a week to week basis now with Deshaun Watson coming into town next week. So that should be fun. But uh, this was a poor performance from Chuck Pagano uh, and the defense. And um, so you got to go on this list. And then finally, bear down to Matt Nagy and Bill Lazor. And I put them both in there together because whoever's idea it is to keep taking David Montgomery out of the game. And this game in particular, you'll hear me go on and on about it and knee-jerk reactions. That's for goddamn sure. But David Montgomery was playing on a different gear today. You know, the way that he was running, there was a, a either a run that he made when we ran it the, like the Wildcat, and David Montgomery's literally dragging a guy behind him because the guy's got a handful of jersey that he's literally tearing off of David Montgomery's body, and Montgomery's dragging him for extra yardage uh, today. You know, it just like nobody with the first tackler was going to get him. Nobody was making that happen uh, today. He was making moves and, 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 and doing things, and we kept taking him out of the game. You know, like the, the, the touchdown that uh, Pat Patterson scored, I believe it was the second quarter, was after David Montgomery made a great run to get us into that spot. And we take him out to put Patterson in. Now, I'm not arguing with the result. As a matter of fact, I'm – I am not arguing about Patterson running the football. What I'm arguing with is that we this def, this offensive these play callers have no sense for sticking with the hot guy. You know, to see like, oh, this guy's got something going right now. Let's keep feeding him the ball. It's like, no, we, we want to run this play now, so we're going to take him out and put Patterson in, kill any momentum whatsoever that David Montgomery has over and over and over yesterday. Like, we, we didn't even start the second half with Montgomery on the field. Patterson was the running back coming out of the uh, locker room in the third quarter. It's like, did, did we just not watch this kid run for 60-something yards in the first half alone? And we're going to start with the other guy. Just, I don't, I don't get it. I don't fucking get it, you know? It's, and like I said, Patterson had an outstanding game running the ball yesterday at 59 yards on 10 carries. That's great. That is great. But Montgomery... <laughs> Montgomery at one point had over six yards of carry uh, throughout the football game, and it was running like that over and over again. Nobody was tackling him at the line of scrimmage and everything like that until, of course, on fourth and one. I, I don't know what the fuck it is with our offensive linemen. I just don't know how to block on fourth down. I don't get it at all. I really don't. Just they let him down so badly on that play. But, you know, it just <sighs> – You know, Patterson, I'm sorry, not Patterson, uh, Montgomery was in line for a career day, you know, and we kept taking him off the field and putting Patterson in there. And Patterson gives us something completely different in the running game. I I acknowledge that. 
And he had, a, like I said, he had a good day. I can't argue with what, what Patterson was giving us. All I can say is that I saw from the effort that we were seeing from Montgomery. You know, he was running in a way yesterday. Like, he has confidence in his offensive line now because he is running, uh, you know, in a way where he knows he's not going to get touched until he's in the second level. So he is exploding through the line of scrimmage. That is how he was running yesterday. And that is a, you know, key recipe for, uh, like, another one of those big 57-yard runs like the one he had against Green Bay last Sunday. You know, he that's how he was running yesterday because he knows he's going to be able to get through the line of scrimmage instead of finding, having to juke and dodge and duck and dive to get through the line of scrimmage. He's running, head down, boom, going through the line of scrimmage, and now my head is up because I'm looking for linebackers and safeties to avoid or run over. And, you know... It, that's not what that's not what Patterson does. Pattern is Patterson is the guy that is looking for daylight that will keep running wide until he can either turn the corner or you know or find an open uh, area. Patterson is the running back looking to avoid contact for the most part. Montgomery is looking to create it. You know, if anything, he's looking to be like a pinball. You know, he's looking for something to bounce off of so he can move on uh, to the next level on things. And and I saw a big game in David Montgomery yesterday and we kept taking him off the field uh so that it never so it, it basically never happened he didn't even crack 100 yards yesterday because we kept taking him off the field and putting the ball in somebody else's hands so you know between uh Montgomery and uh Patterson I think we had like a buck 20 or so or more rushing the ball but uh that could have been all David Montgomery and then some like I said I, I feel like he had he had a big game in him, and we kept taking him off the field, killing any momentum that he had uh, or anything like that. Let's see. I'm looking at it now. 72 yards on 17 carries for Montgomery, 4.2-yard average, 59 yards for Patterson. So 72 and 59 is 131 yards. 131 yards between two of them. And I, I think that Montgomery could have gotten that by himself easily if we'd have just left him out there. So I can't excuse that. Uh, it's pretty much why you're not going to have a job in five weeks, uh, why Black Monday will claim you as a casualty, Nagy, and Bill Lazor along with you. I just, you can't defend these decisions. I mean, you just you just can't. When, when you see a guy like Montgomery primed to have the day that he was having and you keep taking him off the field, for a guy like him to only be able to have for the first half that he had and then he only had like total like 12 yards in the second half I I I when we had the lead we had the lead you run the ball when you have the lead you know you protect the lead you drain the clock you know you don't get super conservative or anything like that but you run the football to run the clock to protect this lead i mean especially for a team like us we don't play with the lead very often you got to do what you can to protect this lead and we did everything that we could look kept throwing the goddamn football which shortens the game it doesn't extend it and we kept taking monty off the field i was like i just i can't defend any of that i can't defend any of it so bear down to all you dickheads you deserved it quite thoroughly Leno, Afidi, Coward, Robinson, Pagano, Laser, uh, and Nagy. Bear down to all of you idiots. Every last one of you.
Okay, let's take a quick break, thank our sponsors, and we'll do with the Bear Downs and this thing off on a good note. <laughs> the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online knows you might not be able to get out to a game this year, but you can still get in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head on over to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Support for the Bears Talk Underground also comes from Manscaped. The holidays are here. Have you made your wish list yet? Our sponsor today has the number one wished for gift of the year, Manscaped, the best in below and above the belt grooming. Manscaped is here to ensure you're taking care of your manhood and nose hairs with their new performance package. Ho, 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 fellas. Naughty or nice, tis the season to perform. You are in luck because the Manscaped performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle and makes for the perfect gift. Imagine opening an attractive box that says your balls will thank you with the most sought-after gadgets and scents a person could find. Included in this package is the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, which is waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. Look, guys, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff, so why not use the best tools for the job here? This bundle also includes the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, the best trimmer on the market for your balls, butt, and body. The dads can't stop talking about this, the teens secretly buy this, and the women will love you for it. Tis the season to Manscaped, so get yourself, your dad, your brother, and friends the best package of all, the Manscaped Performance Package. And let's not forget their famous liquid formulations, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and the Crop Reviver Ball Toner to maximize your ball hygiene routine. Get the Manscaped Package now to receive their two free gifts, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. The performance package is the best value that Manscaped has to offer and is hot off the presses. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code armchair. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds and make Santa proud. Thank you, Manscaped, for making our holes look sexy. And with that, let's get back to the show. All right, so let's end this thing on a positive note because um, overall it was a good game. It was a fun game. Uh, we played well uh, on offense uh, until Mitch got strip-sacked. I, th- I thought Mitch was playing well, actually, good enough to make the list. We'll get to him in a minute. But, um, you know, uh, the, the, the situation where he got strip-sacked wasn't Mitch's fault. Uh, like I said, if I had to put place blame on anybody, I would put it on Mitch for not stepping up uh, in the pocket. But Mitch didn't play, make the play call that had us passing uh, in that situation. Uh, so, you know, again, it goes back to either Laser or Nagy, who thought it was a good idea to keep throwing the football uh, in that situation as opposed to try to run it with you know, with I don't give a damn if at that point I don't care if it's Patterson or Montgomery. And as a matter of fact, in that situation, 
Uh, I'm doing one of those sweeps to, to, to Patterson. Let him try to get to the outside, turn the corner, and get the first down uh, versus trying to throw that. I'll take that chance every single time in that situation with the way that Patterson and Montgomery were running the ball yesterday. I, I just uh, – today. I keep saying yesterday. Today. The way that he ran the ball today. But, um, you know, uh, so anyway, back to the positives. Uh, bear up, uh, David Montgomery. I mean – and he only had about half the game that he should have had. You know, 72 yards on 17 carries. Um, you know, we watched the average get chipped away at uh, because, you know, we kept – like in the second half, we kept running him in obvious running situations that the Lions had prepared for, and he was getting stopped for losses or, or no gains and, and things like that, which was so irritating uh, uh, to watch and, and just you know for, for the after the first half that he had he was gearing up for a huge game man like the way that he was running and like I said you'll hear it all over the knee-jerk reactions I had it pretty much pretty much from the jump I was talking about how Montgomery was running the ball and like I said the, the way that he was running we we got to keep feeding it we got to keep giving it back to him because we we you know he's he's geared for something different today and we 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 robbed him of it we absolutely robbed him of it and um but you know he was he was outstanding even when he caught passes uh as well out in open space the first tackler didn't take him down once all day today and it just oh so pissed me oh jesus christ uh bear up cordell patterson 10 carries 59 yards as much as i wanted those carries to go to montgomery you did outstanding uh as well even had a touchdown uh in there and, uh, you know, that, that kickoff return to start off the football game uh, as well, <laughs> you know, uh, motivated the, the Lions not to kick to you again uh, for the rest of the game. So J.P. Holtz uh, became our leading kick returner after that, <laughs> that uh, he was returning kicks uh, and whatnot uh, after, that, uh, after that moment there. And, um, but, you know, ran the ball very well. And... Um, I, I just uh, like I said, I, I I I appreciate everything that 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 Patterson did. Uh, as a matter of fact, I was um, you know watched the interview that he gave earlier this week where he said you know if they'd have me, I'd love to retire as a Chicago Bear. I think we'd all like that as well. Uh, the two years that we've had him on this team, uh, they've misused him at times on offense, but you can't argue with the weapon that he is. Uh, on special teams not quite on the same level uh, as Devin Hester but um, at times as dangerous you know whereas as as dangerous as Devin was in the punt return game uh, you know Patterson is so in the in the kick return uh, game he's he's up there so um, uh, I would love to hang on to Patterson it's this year two of a two-year deal and I hope we resign him uh, when it all comes down to it but um, you know he had a he had a good football game overall on special teams running the football. Um, but like I said, I would have loved to have seen about half of the carries that he got go to Montgomery, if not more. Uh, just because, like I said, Montgomery was was he was running on a different gear yesterday, and we just did not take advantage of that, and it irritates me to no end. Uh, bear up to our interior offensive line. So Sam Mustafar. Um, uh, Cody White here and uh, Alex Bars. Um, seems like that's where the strength was in the running game 
uh, yesterday. Uh, I think those guys have worked really, really well. And I saw somebody tweet uh, yesterday that uh, like I like if like I would have no problem for 2021 if our offensive line was white hair Mustafar and bars with two uh, two new tackles. I think the uh, I I would uh, also uh, endorse uh, something like that. Uh, maybe get a new right guard in there as well. I'm, I I think Alex Bars is the weak link out of those, but nonetheless, still still you know playing well. Uh, I think that if if someone was likely to get replaced, uh, actually, Bars would be on the outside anyway. We'd be uh, James Daniels, Mustafa, and uh, White here. That's that's what it was with two new tackles uh, on the outside, I'd be all for that. Bye-bye, Bobby Massey. Bye-bye, Efidi. Um, Bye-bye, Charles Leno. Good God, I'll help him pack, for Christ's sake. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'd be all over uh, an idea like that. Uh, bear up Cole Komet. How about that? We get the kid involved in the offense, and he does well. You know, five catches. He caught a touchdown in the fourth quarter. You know, uh, doing things uh, when we actually give him – an opportunity to do so. It's, it seemed like we featured him more as our starting tight end, more so than Jimmy Graham uh, yesterday, and it paid dividends uh, for us. You know, we actually got to see what we drafted, and it, it's what's so sad is that he nearly doubled his catch total for the season yesterday. He had eight catches on eleven targets coming into the game, and he left with five more catches and a touchdown. On top of it, so he doubled his touchdown total by going from one to two, and he went from eight catches to thirteen on the season in one football game. So this is what it looks like when we actually get our top draft choice involved uh, in the offense. He actually produces for us. How about that? I mean, it's a crazy idea that if you give a guy a chance, he'll actually get it done for us. Um, Because I saw somebody put a sad tweet, sad, sad tweet out there where Cole Komet and Adam Shaheen were like neck and neck in production uh, for their rookie season. It's like, ugh, ugh, yeah, with this, yeah, no, no thanks. Uh, I'll take Cole Komet over Adam Shaheen a million times out of a million. And, uh, you know, let's get the kid involved, see what he can do. This is what he does. So bear up Cole Komet. Congratulations. Hopefully this is something we see uh, headed into the fourth quarter uh, of the season. Uh, bear up to Mitch Trubisky. Like I said, I I thought he played really well yesterday. Um, minim, you know, wasn't taking the same silly shots downfield. He was taking what the defense uh, was giving him. Uh, aside from really like one bad throw he made to commit that probably should have been picked off, I didn't really see any other – I didn't really have any other issues with Mitch uh, in the game uh, yesterday. You know, there were there were a couple of plays here and there where maybe he should have run instead of hanging on to it, waiting for people to get open uh, downfield. And, and then, like I said, I you know I wish he would have stepped up in the pocket uh, on that strip sack. But I again, ultimately, you know, weighing everything and seeing the play a couple of times, I really feel more like the guy just made a hell of a play. I don't think Ifidi blew the block. I, you know, and I just stepping up in the pocket obviously would have helped. He wouldn't have been able to reach you uh, at that point. But for the most part, I thought Mitch played a good game and he got us in position to, you know, to like if 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 Rashad Coward wasn't such a sack of shit and we're playing for a field goal there at the end, Mitch got us in field goal range uh, at the end. But uh, in, 
<laughs> Instead, Allen Robinson walks out of bounds uh, a yard short on third and five. He gets four yards on purpose again, and we have to go fourth and one. So the Lions put 14 guys in the box, and, of course, we can't get that one yard to extend the football game. <sighs> but overall, I thought Mitch played well, uh, good enough to make the list uh, for this week. I know I'm overly critical uh, of the guy, but uh, I thought he played well uh, yesterday. He earned uh, his spot on this list. Bear up to Darnell Mooney. I love the kid, you know, he gives such an effort. And, and I know that if he weighed about 30 pounds more, because he's only 178 pounds, if he weighed in at like 198, 100, you know, right, or if he weighed about 200 pounds with his speed and such, he'd have been a first round pick, no doubt. He'd have been a first, second round pick instead of being a fifth, fifth, uh, fifth round pick and the 25th wide receiver taken off the board uh, in this year's draft. He'd have been way further up there. The, the, He's got a motor. He's got speed. He's got grit. You know, for being the smallest guy on the field, he's one of the toughest uh, as well. I just love the effort that he gave. And, you know, five targets went his way. He caught all five passes and uh, made plays with just about all of them. And finally, bear up to Bilal Nichols, who is basically the one person on defense I want to praise at this point. Uh, I, I love the effort that we're getting from uh, Khalil Mack, who had his one and only sack stolen from him um, uh, by Buster Screen. Actually, it was a ticky-tack. It was a bad call. It really was. They called Screen for illegal contact downfield when he was uh, shoving a wide receiver. You know, it's like nobody calls that flag, and they called him for it. Uh, it was a third down play, and Khalil Mack sacked the quarterback. They took it away from him on that bullshit call and uh, gave the, the Lions a fresh set of downs. That's, uh, you know, so they took a sack away from Khalil. Khalil was disruptive yesterday. He was getting in there, and he had his one. He, he, had, he had what I like to call a, a non-stat sheet kind of performance. Like the, the game that, that Khalil had yesterday, you can't put, you can't mark on the stat sheet. But uh, we're not talking about him. We're talking about Bilal Nichols, who, who did have a sack yesterday that counted, and he also had... An interception uh, as well. Matt Stafford was trying to get cute with these little sidearm, you know, Pat Mahomes throws and everything. Uh, And he threw one right as uh, Bilal was cutting across his face, you know, because it was a one hand, like just stuck his hand out there and the ball kind of stuck to him. He hangs on to it. We get the interception and our offense did jack shit with it. But, you know, nonetheless, it was an amazing play uh, that he made. Uh, in a critical point in the game, I really kind of thought, like, whereas or I thought that Cole Komet's touchdown at the start of the fourth quarter was going to be enough for us to, you know, kind of win the game. I thought that uh, uh, Bilal Nichols' interception was the dagger. I thought it was it after that. But instead, we gave up 14 points after that play. But God help me. But, uh, you know, nonetheless, I thought Bilal Nichols uh, played an outstanding game. Uh, yesterday and he's uh, taken a beating at times you know stepping in at the, as our nose tackle for the opted out uh, Eddie Goldman and um, you know but I thought he played well yesterday like I said he had a sack he had the interception made some really great plays uh, for us so uh, bear up to uh, Bilal Nichols and our MVB for the week I uh, got to give it to David Montgomery uh, he did a lot and he was capable of so much more 
uh, than he did uh, yesterday. But he had two touchdowns uh, in the first half. Um, and, um, you know, he was making good runs. And then, uh, you know, like I said, that that play yesterday with when he ran out of the Wildcat and it was like watching with that old Earl Campbell uh, replay where guy basically tears the jersey off his body and he keeps running with his naked pads uh, afterwards <laughs> that guy had a handful of jersey and he was tearing it to pieces and montgomery's just chugging right along and getting first downs uh despite it all um you know and also did a great job in uh catching the ball yesterday uh as well so um he was the most valuable player we had on the field yesterday in my opinion so so there you have it, guys. There's Bear Up, Bear Down for week number 13. Um, the unlucky number, not so lucky for the Bears uh, yesterday, who fall to 5-7. And, seven. and uh, I did see another tweet that said, you know, the Bears and the Lions have the same record thanks to our loss to the Lions yesterday. And the Lions had played so poorly that they felt the need to fire their head coach. Think about that for a second. So we've lost six in a row. Like I said, the last three were division games against Minnesota, Green Bay, and Detroit. And we have another one of those guys that we should have drafted coming into town next week um, to see how um, – see if our defense will show up to stop him. You know, we couldn't stop Stafford. We couldn't stop Rodgers. Can we stop Watson? I don't know. I'm kind of starting to lose a little bit of faith in this defense now after back-to-back 30-plus performances 30 plus point performances this defense has given up so anyway come back uh tomorrow for the deep dive review knee-jerk reactions trust me you will enjoy those plus my reaction to the knee-jerk reactions will no doubt need another explicit tag episode and i know you guys like those so you know maybe if we were 0 12 like the jets i'd have the number one podcast in sports right now just because i'd be flying off the handle week in and week out but uh, the Bears on a six-game win streak, eh, you know, maybe I'll gain a few followers here and there. So, anyway, come back for the deep dive review uh, tomorrow. And until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Bears Talk Underground.